Are you asking for help because you're feeling vulnerable? Like I encountered this conflict and I don't know how to deal with it. Can you guys help me? That's vulnerability. That's not gossip. Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. everybody and welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspiration podcast. I'm Victoria, your host. I want to tell you about Becky Harling. I just interviewed her. She wrote a book and it's called Rooted Joy, Prioritizing Your Connection to Christ and Your Friends. And it's the first book in a series of girlfriend books, girlfriend gathering books that she plans to write. She says this or asks this, what is the secret to a more joyful life? It is relationships. Do you agree with that? Depression, anxiety, and loneliness have reached crisis levels with women of all ages. But when we study the book of Philippians, we see that the more rooted in your relationship with Christ and others, the more your joy will increase. So in the book, and we're going to talk all about it on today's show, you're going to listen to Becky share how the book is formatted. I read a couple of excerpts from the book, but we kind of get into some sticky little situations or issues that are deep, otherwise deep, because the purpose is to gather your girlfriends together. And she gives us the scaffolding to do that. It's a very short book. So it's meant to be done in a weekend, like a weekend retreat with some of your besties, or you can even make it stretch over four weeks, let's say. But the point is to gather your girlfriends together. And she's going to tell you exactly what to do. It's chock full of activities as well, but it's a step-by-step guide to reconnecting or continuing the connection that you have with your girlfriends. It's so good. I just loved even reading through it. I'm like, oh, I need to do this. So let me tell you a little bit about Becky and then we'll get right into the show. Becky Harling, and it's H-A-R-L-I-N-G, has a degree in biblical literature and is a popular speaker at retreats and conferences. Her life experience as a pastor's wife, parent, grandparent, women's ministry leader, and survivor of breast cancer all bring depth and transparency to her message. She's a best-selling author, and she has other books titled How to Listen So People Will Talk and The Extraordinary Power of Praise. Matter of fact, if you listen on toward the end of our chat today, she's going to share something that you can do. It's a practical, tangible action item that you can take that will absolutely revolutionize your prayer life, and not just your prayer life, but your day. If you're having a bad day 
and you do this, which she's going to talk about, it will totally shift your perspective and you're going to find that joy and a little bit of a bounce in your step. So listen to the whole thing. Make sure you, you listen to all of it to get to some of those really good nuggets. She's a delightful individual to chat with. She's personable and real, transparent, but she's not preachy, if I can use that word. She's just kind of like you'd want to be her best friend. You would be like, oh, let me sign up to, to chat with you often because she speaks life and encouragement and you're gonna feel all of that. You're gonna sense all of that in the actual chat. So without further ado, here is Becky Harling. Welcome Becky to the Choose to Think podcast. We're so happy that you're here. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it, you know, I've got your book right here. I'm so delighted that we get to talk about your book, Rooted Joy. And the subtitle is A Girlfriend Gathering Study of Philippians. And this is part of a series, as I understand it. I've been so excited to go through it. I just want to unpack it, but start just by telling us a little bit about you and what made you even want to write this book. What was going on with that? Yeah, so I really value relationships. During COVID, I started thinking and praying about what the Lord had for me, and it dawned on me that some women might be tired of the large stadium type or big platform type events. Now, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I love speaking at those events. I love the platform. It's a lot of fun for me. However, I began to think, okay, what would happen if girlfriends just gathered and really got real with each other and dove into the word of God together? And, you know, before COVID in 2019, some friends and I gathered here in Colorado Springs. So a couple of them flew in from out of state and we spent the weekend together. Together. We did our own little retreat, you know, and we read scripture over each other. We prayed together. We cried together. We laughed together. We just connected as girlfriends at a really deep level. And I began to realize, okay, tra spiritual transformation often happens best when there's a really deeply connected relationship. And unfortunately in our world, we've moved a little bit away from that. And so my heart behind this series is to gather girlfriends again so that they really are real together. So they understand I'm not alone in my journey, in my spiritual walk. I have these friends with me in the journey who are praying for me and rooting for me and cheering me on. You've really touched a nerve, Becky, on something that we women need. And for some reason, especially this season of my life, I found it can be difficult to foster those relationships if I'm not uber intentional about it. Yes. But when I am intentional about it, and when I do gather with my women friends, something kind of like magic happens because, you know, I always walk away feeling like, wow, I need more of this. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's, I it's, do. It's such a special time and the energy that's there and the support because it's so easy in this day and age to really feel lonely. It's like a plague. And then once we feel lonely or isolated, wow, we're target practice for the enemy, I think. 
I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, statistics and research, even the Surgeon General's report from just a few weeks ago says that loneliness now is at an epidemic proportion here in the United States. He said that most Americans could not name even three close friends that they had. You know, yeah. so I like to ask women, like, who would you call if you had an emergency in the middle of the night? Who do you have an honest enough friendship where you could text them and say, hey, I'm really wrestling with insecurity today. Can you pray for me? You know, who are the close people in your life? Those are the kind of friends that this study is designed for. It's to help us gather as girlfriends and really get vulnerable and real with each other. Why are we so afraid to do that, do you think, to be vulnerable and transparent? You know, I think some people are afraid because they're afraid that maybe they're alone, like, oh, nobody else has had this thought, or they're trying to create an image so that they look better in front of other people than perhaps they really are. You know what? There's no problem that any of us have faced that other people haven't faced, right? right. So if you have felt envious, so of your friends. If you have felt insecure, so of your friends. If you have felt guilty, so of your friends. I mean, mm. we all share those feelings and God has wired our brains for that kind of connection because mm. he wants us journeying in our spiritual journey together. Right. You know, sometimes Becky, I'm afraid to be like Uber, I keep using the word Uber. I have no idea why, but wow. to be it's so... <laughs> It's probably like from a decade ago or something. I don't know. I have a hard time keeping I doubt these it. Days. <laughs> but it's like, I'm, I'm afraid that maybe it's, I'm afraid that if they see the real me, the ugly deep down, my struggles, the touch points that are really tricky in my life, maybe they won't really like me. Maybe they'll say, oh, I've had enough of you, or maybe they will share that information. I just have a little bit of fear sometimes. Now I have very, I'm so blessed to have very good friends. I'll be the first to say that. But even then, sometimes I'm a little reluctant. It's very common. And that's okay. why, you know, right in the beginning of this book, you'll notice we have a section called Girlfriend Etiquette, right? Yes. And I so we, we want to make that clear right at the beginning of the book, you know, that you're going to agree together that nothing that is shared is going to be shared outside of your group. You're going to listen attentively to each other. You're going to refrain from giving advice because honestly, none of us really want advice. We just want to know that we're normal. Most of us can figure out our problems ourselves, right? If we just have somebody to listen to us. And then we're going to empathize with each other because again, we want our friends to know, hey, your feelings make sense to me. And then we're going to keep each other's confidences. We're going to learn to ask thoughtful questions and we're going to pray for one another. That keeps your girlfriend gathering safe. And the goal is to keep all these girlfriend gatherings safe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And while we're talking about that, I'm I'm on just the introduction where the girlfriend gathering etiquette is found, which is very simple to the point and just spot on. But speaking about the format of your book, you say it's there are it's divided into four sessions or weeks. Yes. And each session includes these things. Let me just share this with everyone. It's yeah. there's an exploration, a reflection, an application 
And then you have a seven day devotional plan at the end of the book so that folks after leaving this little, this experience, this gathering can continue on and maybe reflect or share about that. Yeah. In addition to those exploration and reflection and application, there are suggested girlfriend gatherings, which were really, really fun. One of the things that I've been sharing is that my daughter was actually uh, hired by the publishing company to be my editor. So that was really, really fun to have her edit for me. And so we were able to come up with these girlfriend activities together, you know, and that was really a joy for me. And so some of the activities that are suggested are, you know, go get a pedicure together. That's in the humility one, you know, Jesus washed the disciples' feet as a servant. And rather than washing each other's feet, just go get a pedicure together and celebrate humility in your friendship, you know, or build a joy box for another friend. So there are some really fun activities in there. There's also things like at the end of each session, there's four sessions, which can be done over a weekend retreat or in a short four-week Bible study. And one of the, the things that's really cool about it, at the end of each of those, there's a blessing that you read over your girlfriends. You know, we're longing to be blessed by one another. Amen. And, and I have to say, the way this is set up, it really is a great summer study because a lot of people have a freer schedule in the summer. They maybe are not doing an intense Bible study. Why not gather some of your girlfriends and dive into this? This whole first one is about joy and joy is relational, you know, Mm. so it's fun to kind of dive in together. Yeah. I love all the activities and the ideas and the brainstorming that went into that. I'm sure it was a lot of fun because it's just you know, give something tangible, something to represent everything that you're working on and you're thinking about, praying about and walking through. So I really love that practical application and those activities. But now that you mentioned that joy is relational, do you mind if I read just a teeny paragraph? Not at all. Okay. Um, Because I want, I want to talk a little bit about what all that means. Why is joy relational? So you write this. If you've been listening to the podcast long enough, you will know that my husband Jim and I are avid pickleball players. We love the game and play as often as possible. We even enjoy traveling a bit and competing in tournaments with our friends. When he bought me the Diadem Warrior Paddle for my birthday, I felt like I'd hit the jackpot. He knows how to make a girl happy, all right. Suddenly, I had more force and return and serve impact for my smaller frame, and I experienced a whole lot more control of the ball. I really did feel unstoppable and like a warrior. Warrior. The manufacturer, Diadem, says this paddle will give you exceptional stability, power, and reactivity. It's made from the highest quality carbon fiber base and grit paint surface for extra ball spin. The grip is exceedingly comfortable, plus you'll get expanded coverage with its overall length and huge relative sweet spot. I play with this paddle every time we play, and I've not gripped anything better, but it is quite pricey, so if you want something about half that price, Try the Diadem Icon. That's the paddle that Jim prefers. He plays with that one and he swears by it. I'll be sure to put all the Amazon affiliate links for these paddles in the show notes. Just click to take a look and let's play ball. Pickleball, that is. Did you know that rooted joy is relational in nature? Deep connection with Christ and authentic connection with others is key to ongoing gladness. God designed us for community, friendship with him and others. 
as you nurture deep abiding connection with Christ, your joy is going to expand. Similarly, as you nurture authentic friendships with others, you will feel more joyful. So tell us what that means. The more you study joy, like even from a scientific perspective and the way our brains are wired, mm. joy is nurtured when the brain connects with another person. It's really the feeling of this person is happy to see me, you know? And mm. so our, the way that translates is in our connection with God, he's always happy to see us. And as we approach him through prayer or spending silent moments with him or through Thanksgiving or reading our Bibles, he's excited to spend that time with us. And so our joy is nurtured through that. But then similarly, as we spend time with close girlfriends, our joy is also stimulated because there's that thing that happens, connectivity between our brains. So when I look at you and you come to my house and I look excited to see you, that triggers joy in your brain. And similarly, if I go to your house and you look excited to see me, joy is triggered in my brain. Or if we meet for coffee or if we're mm -hmm. laughing together, our brains are designed to connect. Mm, isn't that cool that God designed us quite like that? And I know, I love it. A way to underscore the importance of community and connection and fellowship with all of our fellow sojourners on this earth. So it's good for you, for your emotions, for your mindsets, probably relieve stress. I think we could keep going yes. with all the, the brain science there and kind of tied into that. As I was reading through the book, I also, this is on into the book and it's a very, it looks, it's so doable. I'm trying to give you the, it's just yeah. this, you know, how many pages is it? Maybe it's short. Yes, it's short and sweet, but to the point and powerful. Every little, every little section is power punched. So it's like 135 pages with all the guidelines and everything you need to do when you gather that group together. But topic wise, I wanted to talk a little bit about joy. And then I want to talk about anxiety as you share your own personal struggle with anxiety. And just if I can read another little teeny snippet here, you say this, for many years, I felt guilty about anxiety. I heard all sorts of sermons on how worry and fear were wrong. Guilt wasn't helping me. It just increased my stress because on top of my worry, I felt fearful that I was sinning. I didn't need guilt over my anxiety. Rather, I needed a plan to deal with my anxiety and to break the cycle. And over the years, I met with counselors and mentors and learned to develop a plan that would quiet my anxiety. Can you share a little bit about that plan? Because I know that there are listeners listeners or viewers, our audience, who would say, yeah, anxiety is really a tough thing for me. Not only that, anxiety keeps me from meeting with my girlfriends occasionally, yeah. or I'm overwhelmed with anxiousness and fear and anxieties. That's a great question. First of all, I want to say that when Paul writes, be anxious for nothing, if you analyze the Greek there, it means don't continually be anxious. So in other words, it, panic and anxiety isn't going to go away anytime soon. In fact, researchers tell us that it's on the rise. So if you are, you know, surrounded with gunmen, you're going to feel anxious. 
anxious, right? That feeling's not going to go away. So you need a plan for that. And so here's my plan that I have learned to put into effect. First, I process. What do I mean by that? I admit truthfully, I'm feeling anxious or I'm wrestling with worry. What's triggering this worry? Is it worry over my kids? Is it worry over finances? What's triggering this worry, you know, and this fear? And then I pray. I dump all that out on the Lord. Lord, <clears throat> I'm feeling anxious right now. I feel fearful right now. But then I shift my focus. And this is key. I shift my focus from what I'm worried about. I shift my focus from the problem to the problem solver. And then I begin to praise him. And you know, if I'm really caught up in a cycle of anxiety, I honestly will just go through the whole alphabet and praise God all the way through, starting with A and ending with Z. Because as my brain is focused on who God is, my anxiety is quieted. In fact, researchers tell us that your brain can't handle praising God and nurturing anxiety at the same time. It's not possible. So when you feel anxious, that's okay, but don't stay there. Process, figure out what's the root, pray, dump it out on the Lord, but then immediately shift your focus to praise. And I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will quiet your anxiety. What did you mean, Becky, by going through the alphabet? Yeah. So I learned that when I had breast cancer. So mm. I'm a cancer survivor. Mm. And when I first was diagnosed with cancer, I went to my mentor and I said, hey, I need prayer. She did pray with me on the phone, but then she gave me this crazy challenge. She said, I want you to start every day for the next five days, praising God for 20 minutes. And I thought, that's kind of bizarre. I don't feel like jumping up and down saying, hallelujah, I have cancer. She's like, well, I'm not asking you to praise God for cancer. I'm asking you to praise God for who he was, who he is above mm -hmm. the cancer. So when I got on my knees that first morning, I thought, okay, I'm here to praise God for 20 minutes. How am I going to? Well, I know the alphabet. Most people do. And so I began to go through the alphabet. Lord, I praise you because you are almighty. You are the alpha and the omega. Lord, I praise you because you're my bread of life and you're the blessed controller of all things. I praise you because you are my creator and you understand how every cell is interacting with every other cell. I praise you because you're my deliverer. I praise you because you are eternal. You are faithful. You are good. You are holy. And I literally went through the alphabet but using those letters for character traits that I knew to be true in God. And you know what? Peace replaced the anxiety and it was life-changing for me. And so it's still my practice today to get down on my knees every morning for at least 20 minutes. Now, a lot of times it's like for a half an hour or 45 minutes before I even open my Bible, which I also do every day, but just praising God. A lot of times I allow the worship music to prompt my praise. God meets us in those moments. We can't praise God and not be changed. It's just not possible. Mm, I love what you've just said. It's such a tangible application of our faith. The plan that you mentioned to process, then to pray, and then to shift perspective or focus is exactly what I teach in my ministry about choosing to think and taking every thought captive and being transformed through the renewing of our minds. Yes. And you just kind of consolidated all of that very quickly. I also love the the alphabet. Now that I understand that, you know, what would we do without our mentors, right? Because I know, they, right. And those challenges that they give us. Matter of fact, when 
I went through my depression in 2016. It was my mentor who challenged me to choose to think. Literally, she said, Victoria, there's something, she noticed something in my thinking that was amiss. And so she challenged me to learn what it meant to take my thoughts captive. And from that moment until now, that really was the the linchpin, the, the turning angle for me that really changed my life when I began to do that. So, mm -hmm. wow, what a great little nugget of, something that we can all do. And thank you for including all the brain science also, because you're spot on. You can't do both. You can't complain and praise at the same time. You can't be anxious and fearful and be praising God at the same time. Something's got to give there and what we focus on grows. And so what we want to have growing in our thought life would be something that is God honoring and that magnifies him as much as mm. possible, because then there'll be no room for some of the other feelings. And maybe we could challenge our audience to do that if they're in that hard space. And we're yeah. not, I, I don't want to be insensitive to the hard space because right. anxiety and, and fear are tricky and they're very difficult. Depression is very real and it's hard to walk through those times. But just like you did that first day, Becky, you got on your knees and you said, okay, I'm going to accept this challenge. You consciously decided to do that. And it really did change things for you. It totally did. You know, and again, anxiety and fear and depression are on the rise right now and with reason, you know, and so don't waste your time feeling guilty about that, but have a plan. Right? That's right. So, and, and praise really is the plan. I mean, process for sure, pray for sure, but then you got to go to praise. Mm, and that's where the shift will happen. That's yep. where the, you'll notice a change. You're, you'll become more lighthearted and you'll be able to breathe and think, okay, okay, God, you have this, you are yes. in control. This is in your hands and, yes. and then go about your business. So basically we've kind of covered two of the themes, even though joy is overarching. And I know you talk of anxiety. Is there anything else in there thematically that would be, you know, something you could share? Can you think yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because humility adds to our joy and we wouldn't think that, right? We think, you know, I've got to be all confident and humility isn't the opposite of confidence. It's the opposite of arrogance, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, so when we walk in humility in our friendships, it actually increases our friendships and increases our joy. As, as I think about humility, I always go back to Jesus, you know, because in Philippians 2, it talks about how Jesus humbled himself, taking the form of a bondservant. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was God's son. So he didn't have to go around proving that to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And so I like to challenge women that when you're in your search for humility, start with Jesus, but then figure out your own unique calling. Because I think a lot of times as women, we're tempted to compare. I see this a lot of times in mothers of young children. So maybe one mother homeschools and another mother works full time. So she can't homeschool. She's got to send her kids to school. And so they're comparing their lives to each other and one feels better and one feels worse. And that's not helpful. We have to understand our own unique calling and that's part of humility. And when we do, we bring our humble selves to friendship. I love that. And 
I'm going to kind of circle around one more time because I don't want to forget to talk about this one thing. It would be within the like the retreat or the the little community or connection that you have, the gathering that you plan, whether on a weekend, which mm-hmm. is so wonderful that it can happen on a weekend versus even month long and having that connection going that way. Either way, it's it's wonderful. But I want to talk a little bit about the issue of vulnerability, gossip even. You know, sometimes as women, we can get together and one person can say one thing about somebody else and suddenly, I don't know, it, it I always try to change the subject when someone does that because I don't want to get in, I don't want to get kind of in that net really now sometimes I share things with my husband that you know I maybe I shouldn't I don't know I don't even I haven't really figured out gossip I'm like okay am I gossiping or am I just sharing this with my husband I'm much more mindful not to say things about other people to other people especially if I wouldn't say my my motto is I'm not going to tell someone else something about you that I wouldn't tell you to your face and that generally shuts me up when I'm with other women because I'll just kind of keep that in or take it up with my friend if I have an issue. Have you noticed or have, have you had any issues when women gather? I think that that does sometimes come up. So I would say if you are the one that's taking initiative, like to gather your girlfriends and to get together, a good rule of thumb is we're all going to share our own stories. We're going to share our own vulnerabilities. Vulnerability is really sharing about yourself. So we're not going to share other people's vulnerabilities. We're not going to talk about other people. Now, if you're having a problem in a relationship with somebody outside the group and you need advice from your friends, you can ask for advice. I don't view that as gossip. Gossip enters in when you are talking about, wow, did, you know, her marriage is a mess or her, this is a mess. You got to be careful. Are you asking for help? Because you're feeling vulnerable, like, okay, I encountered this conflict and I don't know how to deal with it. Can you guys help me? That's vulnerability. That's not gossip. Gossip is when I'm like, oh, I'm concerned about her marriage. Or did you see the way her kids behaved? Um, You know, I don't feel good about the way they're behaving. You know, we can't judge each other and we can't talk behind each other's backs because that's not life-giving. In fact, we can't even say it to each other's faces sometimes, you know, like I I've noticed there's this new trend. Uh, you've probably noticed it too in the last couple of years where we're so polarized. So people mm. are shouting accusations against other people on Facebook and Instagram. Don't do that. That's not helping the unity of the body of Christ. You know, mm. we're never more like the accuser than when we're accusing other people of stuff. So we don't want to be like the accuser. We want to be like Jesus who came to offer grace, you know? And so that's our role as believers. That's such a good point. Is that what we would call the cancel culture? Is that what that means? I I think so. I don't know. But all I know is like, I, there've been seasons where I've literally gotten off of Facebook or I've just posted a verse every now and then just or a picture of kids or whatever, because I don't want to be the kind of person that's pointing the finger and accusing other people in the kingdom of God. You know, it's so interesting because Jesus in the prayer in the garden, you know, this is like a day before he's going to get crucified. And the thing that's on his heart in John 17 is our unity. 
you know? So we all have different opinions. We probably, some of us interpret scripture differently than others. That's okay. You know, it's likely that you don't interpret everything a hundred percent. It's likely I don't, you know? So we do the best we can under the power of the Holy Spirit, but we don't throw stones at each other. Thank you for that. And kind of second to gossip, sometimes I caution myself to just give like full vent to everything that I'm, that I may be feeling or thinking or problems that I have because our words are so powerful mm-hmm. and they, they do have the the power of life or death. And also neurologically, when we, if I were to kind of emphasize this perpetual problem, say I have with a kid and I'm talking about it over and over and, oh, he's never going to change or he is, you know, he's doing that again. Or the more I'm speaking that, the more my brain looks to kind of prove that right. And you can kind of get in a, in a rut. So I don't know if you would caution women also on just the venting to choose those words carefully and maybe just have one or two trusted friends, certainly our husbands to, to really kind of bear all with, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe like I, you know, when I said earlier, like sometimes I don't really want to share it all. I'm, I'm just a little more reluctant and I'm not really sure why, but I am mindful that I don't vent like I did when I was in my thirties and, and even some of my forties. I don't, because before it would be, I call, get on the phone. I got an issue. I'm calling my friend, my best friend. And I'm like, you know, venting, venting. And then, okay, that's good. But was that the best thing for me to do? And now I don't have that compulsion or need. I would go to the Lord, of course, and not to be some kind of super Christian or hyper Christian in that way. It's just that I don't want those words out there. I want to be very mindful of what I share. And I want to, I bear it all. I journal to the Lord. He knows it all anyway. And I want correction when I need correction. But I just don't want to have venting sessions anymore with, even with my, my friends. So, well, and it's interesting because Paul writes, like, do everything without grumbling and complaining. When Mm. I think of venting, I think of grumbling and complaining. Mm, maybe that's, <laughs> that's a it. little different than being vulnerable. Being vulnerable, you can say, you know, I'm really walking through a challenging season and I need prayer. That's vulnerability. Or I'm really struggling with the best approach to discipline my child. That's vulnerability. Or, you know, I'm really struggling right now in my marriage and I just, I really need accountability or we are really struggling, you know, but it's not like, oh, you know, you're going to cut down. My kid is the worst kid in the world or my husband is acting like a jerk and, you know, just pouring out all this venom from your mouth. That's Mm. grumbling and complaining. And we're called to not do that. Now, I do have to say the psalmist were gut level honest with the Lord. So we can always be gut level honest with the Lord. So there we pour it all out, but then we ask the Holy Spirit to change us, you Mm. know, to help us to love more, 
to cleanse us from the negative thoughts we might be having, you know, but we, we really are cautioned by Paul. You know, there are some people that it just seems like they complain about everything, whether it's the weather, their jobs, everything in the world is wrong. Well, if everything in the world is wrong, you probably need an attitude adjustment because, (laughs) you know, you're probably, you're far more blessed than probably 99% of the world. So like, you know, we got, we got to, rein this in a little bit. Thank you so much for making that distinction because I, I love that. And thank you for giving some examples on how to express our own vulnerability. That was very helpful because the intent with grumbling and complaining is not necessarily to find a solution or to kind of get some help or support. It's more just to kind of throw it all out there. And it yep. is really it can be really icky. So anyway, all of these are such great things to talk about. I coming back to the book also, it's a series. So yeah. tell us what's on tap after Rooted Joy. Yeah. So after Rooted Joy, I've titled it Tethered Trust. Um, oh. And it's about how to trust God. Wow. So yeah. So what you'll do is the format will be the same. Right. It's just kind of a slightly different topic. It'll be a different theme that girlfriends can still gather and discuss. Yeah. So we start with joy and then we're going to get a little deeper with, with trust. Oh, I love that. And tell everyone, Becky, where they can get a hold of you, where they can get the book, where do they go? Yeah. So you can get a hold of me at my website. I really want to encourage you to go there because I have a a lot of free stuff up right now, beckyharling.com. Definitely follow me on Instagram. I'm trying to be faithful on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. And then I want to say this, if you order Rooted Joy through Iron Stream Media, which is the publisher, they will give you an automatic free coupon. And there are four 10-minute videos that we recorded, that I recorded with some of my friends that you can use in your retreat or in your four-week study of this book. And they're comp complementary to the study. So it's additional teaching in addition to what the book is. It's not the exact same thing. And so that was really fun to record. We did it here in my home and it was a lot of fun. So those 10 minute videos, though, you can get them for free if you order your book through Iron Stream Media. It's fine to order it through other places, but then I believe you can't get the free videos or you have to show proof of purchase or something to get the free coupon. So the easiest way is to go to Iron Stream Media and order it directly from them. Oh, that's so fun. So how many women were in that, in your group? For that? Uh, 10. You had 10. And yeah. is that kind of an ideal number or do you have suggestions you about can, that? Uh, yeah, 10 is a great number, but you could even do it like when I gathered in the Springs with four of my girlfriends in 2019, it was only like four of us. Okay. So the great thing about this material is you can do it with four, five, six, you know, you can yeah. do it with 10. I think over 12, it might get hard for everybody to really share deeply, mm. but, but, you know, make it work for you. I always say, look, I supplied the prompts, but really it's going to be up to you what happens in the group, in the gathering, you know? So just 
take it seriously. And then at the end, there's a seven week follow up devotional plan and a seven day, not seven right. weeks. Seven, Let me correct seven myself. Day. Seven days. And the reason for that is because then you know, okay, you had this marvelous time with your girlfriends, and now you're all doing the same thing in your devotional time with the Lord. And you mm -hmm. can text each other, like, wow, I got this out of it, or what did you get out of it? And you're staying in touch. You're cultivating those connections. Mm, so awesome, Becky. What a great service that you've provided for all of us and to encourage us to gather back together and to continue or reignite those friendships that we that maybe are kind of growing a little dusty and so what a what a blessing you are as a kingdom influencer and oh, i think it's you. just a great idea just in general the concept itself is so timely it's needed you've given us the scaffolding here to really start and to make a difference in in all of our lives and to have a a group a steady group of friends that we can honor and and really do life with and be vulnerable, find that joy, deal with some of the sticky issues of life. So what a great ministry you have. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks. One more thing I forgot to yeah. say. Your listeners can also find me on the Connected Mom podcast. So that's oh. the podcast I host. And so if you are a mom, listen in. We launch a new episode every Thursday. And I mean, you can, podcasting is great because you can go back and listen to other podcasts, but we've had some great guests. We've had some great conversations and it's just to help moms connect more deeply with God, more empathically with their fellow moms and more intentionally with their kids. So, wow. I love that. That sounds wonderful. That's really yeah. great. Well, so thank you so much. We'll put all the links then in the show notes you. and in the YouTube description. So thank God you bless so you. much. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.